Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. episode of zone time for your ear holes uh julian here omar from in the mentions is here avery welcome back buddy and sam from the broadcast podcast is here i have to admit uh a lot has happened over the last week since we last did an episode of zone time and i feel a little bit drained i feel a little bit exasperated uh we don't necessarily have to go through the entire timeline of events that have transpired since last Tuesday or Wednesday to now, but just as a Coles notes thing, we know who John Doe is from the allegations that surfaced surrounding the Chicago Blackhawks when it comes to sexual abuse is Kyle Beach, the former 11th overall pick from 2008. We know Joe Quenville who was the coach of the Chicago Blackhawks at the time uh, is out of a job now and other people around the hockey world are coming to grips with everything that has transpired. We've seen interviews. We've seen a lot of emotion. We've seen lack of emotion from certain people. And we can get into that on today's episode. But just to kind of start off here, like I know we're going to delve into as many thoughts as we want to about what has gone on over the last week. But I kind of just want to see what everyone's feeling right now. I kind of want to see what everyone is feeling about, you know, their own mental health, hockey culture, their own fandom anything like that like like omar i know you're you're a big leafs guy but i know you you definitely have some thoughts on this like how have you been feeling that yeah man that 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 interview um where kyle beach was talking with the rick work on the west side on the sports center was one of the most courageous things i've ever seen and and it was there was just a, a roller coaster of emotion and none of it was positive and it's as you're watching it um and he gets you know further and further into the details of what he what he went through what he experienced um how he's feeling now and and um and all all the aftermath with it it was just you're you're watching it's like your heart's breaking like over and over again and and you don't know how to how to how to deal with it and then it goes from just an overwhelming sadness and just uh grief for this person whose life was changed again julian you brought it up this was a a you know, a kid who had dreams drafted in the first round, the NHL probably had uh, a long career ahead of him or just, just a long life, or at least in, at least in those years, just being happy, celebrating with teammates, all that type of stuff. And it was just taken from him for, for uh, a sick and disturbing reason. And then it just got quickly changed to this anger because I remembered 
all the comments that people said, I didn't know this took place. I need to hear the facts. I need to get more information. And then you remember that. And then again, you contrast it with watching what Kyle is saying and just seeing him break down multiple times. It's just, it's, it's so frustrating. And it just makes me think of when are we going to get to a point where the NHL stops getting worse? And, and that's just where, where, where it's at. As the days go by, the NHL looks worse. Or, to, be, to make, say it better, they reveal that they're worse. Because, again, this was happening for years. This happened 10 years ago, and it wasn't until it was reported on that we figured it out or that we learned about it. So, it's just, I... I, 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 and, and the, the conversation now is just like, you know, how, how does hockey get better? How does the league get better? I don't even know. All right. And, and that's the sad thing is because the, the reason why the, or one of the main reasons why this thing was bad and got to where it, where it was is because of hockey culture, because of this, this, this need to be silent, to not look like a distraction. Um, and, and because of that, multiple people failed Kyle. They failed Kyle. They failed his family. They failed his hopes. They failed his dreams. They failed, failed every positive aspect that he had walking into this game that you grew up loving. They failed him. And I don't know what they can do to fix that. Just watching Kyle Beach, watching interview. I watched it later on. I got angry. I got so mad to know that when people in the hockey world ignored him and put winning the Stanley Cup ahead of player safety. He was a 20-year-old. I don't care what people say. A 20-year-old is a kid. You are adjusting out of, out of your teenage years. You are still developing as a human being. And the mm -hmm. fact that no one said, you know what? This is wrong. We can step in here and say for one minute, there are bigger things than winning a Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. It was just disgraceful. And the fact that this was out there, it was no among the management core. And the perpetrator's name, who doesn't deserve to be named, that his name on the cup. Still, after all that, is disgusting. And for people like Quenville, and so they have to say, you know, oh, this and that, I didn't know, I don't recall, is embarrassing, and they should look in the league again. They should never, ever, ever coach or be a GM in this league again. They don't, they don't deserve that privilege of being in charge of young men. They don't. I'm with Omar and Avery. I, I would say how I feel this week is tired. I feel tired. I feel like this is, you know, this is the most egregious and most detailed example we've seen, but it's not something that's new. Like we've, we've all talked about issues with hockey culture for a long time, like on zone time before we were on zone time. And I, not only was the interview with Cal Beach heartbreaking, it was that, you know, like we've talked about before, it was a story that a handful of dedicated reporters covered. There were a lot of failures amongst media members, amongst NHL executives and coaches and front offices where they, they just didn't touch the story because they wanted to win. They wanted to focus on winning and the legacy of the Blackhawks and all, all of the stuff that comes with the glory of winning. And then you have this whole week of reckoning where the they say all the right words about, you know, Kyle Beach was so brave to come forward, we failed him. But every message in every press conference since, every decision to let Quenville coach a game without, like half an hour after the interview aired, 
the press conference that Gary Bettman gave, the statement that Donald Fear and the NHLPA put out at, what was it, 11.59 p.m., every single decision that has been made since does not actually demonstrate that they understand what they're saying when they say we failed him. And it has shown an incredible level of callousness. It has shown an incredible level, like Bettman said in his interview, like hockey culture does it, hockey culture pro- prohibits this kind of conduct. Oh. That's a meaningless statement. Like it's, nothing. It's the biggest has, bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah. It, it Like, what does that even mean? And then for him to say, we have, we have a sexual violence policy. It's uh, a case by case basis. A policy is a written document, like yep. produce a written document that tells you the rules by which you have to, the rules you have to follow to deal with these kinds of investigations. So you can't be like, well, December of last year, the Blackhawks GM told me the Blackhawks legal counsel told me there was no merit to this. And that was the end of, that was the end of that. If you actually had a policy that would not be sufficient. Mm-hmm. And so for me, this entire week has been exhausting watching these people fail to get it over and over again. And then today you have the Penguins releasing a statement on the new lawsuit. And in it, the third sentence, they say, oh, well, Jared Skull didn't report for seven months. And it's like, yeah, you don't get it. After, after the last six months, after the last week, you do not get it. So stop telling me what hockey culture does or doesn't do. Literally. And if, and if, if these things are prohibited in hockey, then why are we here? Then, then why are we here? Why are we at a moment where, where we're still waiting for more information to come out? Why are we at a moment where, where Kyle Beach's story hasn't been retributed in any way, shape or form? Why are we in a, a position where the Kyle Beach story even took place? If, if, if that is prohibited in hockey, like, I, I get the lawyer stuff. I get it. I understand it. I understand what, what Gary Bettman's position is as commissioner of the league. I get it. I understand. But I have some freaking compassion for, like, like oh, my God. Like, we're talking about a human life here. We're not talking about uh, dollars and cents. We're not talking about uh, a, a quota, a number. We're talking about an actual person. And the decisions that the league continues to do and fails to do is hurting people. Right? Like, Stan Bowman gets fired or – Sorry, he steps down. Steps down. Signs, I'm sorry, down. he steps down. And then yes. he also steps down from being the GM of, of uh, U.S. Hockey or the Team USA. Hours after the fact, mind you. Right. Hours yeah. after he steps down from Chicago. Right, right. Um, And who's in talks to replace Dan Bowman again? Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin. And what happened with Bill Guerin? Well, yeah, he's so like, he's looked to be a defendant in that. The, 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 sorry, excuse me, a defendant in that lawsuit. Yeah, so it seems as if there is a problem in hockey. There is a cultural problem in hockey, and also the sense that all the same people continuously work and grow the game in air, in air quotes in hockey. And there's there's all these continuous stories. So now I'm sitting here every single day waiting for the next thing to come up. And then waiting for that thing to not be to not be fixed, or for there to be no nothing that comes for, comes with it. Akeem Aliu was supposed to have was supposed to have an investigation, some meeting meeting with the league. Bettman claimed it happened. Talked to talked to um, Aliu's camp. News to them. His representation has said that uh, yes, that uh, that was news to them to hear that the investigation had been completed. That's so, the shocking thing, though. Like, what did? 
what did he think was going to happen when he said that? Like, do you not play out the next three steps when you say something like that? Like, it, it just, none of it made any sense. Uh, the, the problem is, you know what? You would be better off just saying no comment instead of straight up lying. You cannot lie. When people will check your BS and look and say, oh, did it happen? It didn't happen. As a commissioner, you cannot just sort of lie to people. About, you can't lie to the no. media or to the fans or to accumulate people like that. That was embarrassing. The man lied. But I, I think that's that's the, the, the other point, though, Avery, is that a number of people straight up lied here mm-hmm. and assumed that they would get away with it. They assumed that the culture of silence would continue. No one would really come forward. Nothing would really happen. And so they could say and deny whatever they wanted and they would never be exposed. Yeah. Joe Quinville said, I had no idea it took place. Comes out, man was in the meeting, say, hey, well, you know what? This is the first time we've been in the cup, close to the cup right. in 18 years or whatever. They ask him the next day, do you stand by your comments? Yeah. Like, dude. Like, like yeah, I, I don't know how I, I I've, I've mentioned this before, but the 2010 Blackhawks, I look at them in a completely different light now. Yeah. Huge. But I look at so many other people in, in, in hockey culture or just hockey period in a much different light. Like <laughs> watching the Winnipeg Jets press conference with Mark Chipman, the owner, and Kevin Chevaldeoff, uh, the general manager of the team who was revealed to be only but a small player in all of this and was not given any discipline by the league. It was refreshing to see them be emotional about everything that happened. But there's a part of me that still just has this creeping doubt and wonders, are, is, should I take them at face value when Kevin says that he really didn't know what was going on and that he's really sorry? Should I take Mark Chipman at his word when he feels that the culture, at least in Winnipeg, is good? Like, I don't know what to believe. And I don't know about who in this game you could, it's weird to say trust because I don't know these people in hockey personally, but like at the end of the day, like Kyle Beach right now and the Chicago Blackhawks still have a case to settle, right? They're both sides met up uh, on Tuesday. And I'm trying to remember the tweet specifically from Rick Westhead, who said that both sides kind of spoke and they had some differing viewpoints, but it looks as if they could come together on some resolution. Uh, you mentioned empathy, Omar. Like, one thing that I'm still really, it kind of grinds my gears is that, you know, yes, Gary Bettman showed empathy for, for, for Kyle Beach. What about for the high schooler who was also abused by Kyle Aldrich? Who, Kyle Ald- sorry, sorry, not Kyle Aldrich, but uh, Brad Aldrich. Brad Aldrich was convicted and is a sex offender. That, that, that's all done. Why, mm-hmm. why can't Gary Bettman, why does Gary Bettman need more information about what happened? Why does Gary Bettman need to hold back on expressing any sort of sympathy for that, for that person? Like, I understand the lawyer stuff too, but I understand it to a point. At the end of the day, there's no time, if you're going to speak to us, the, the public, media, whoever, to just kind of lawyer this up in front of everybody. Show some, show some compassion. And also be okay with the fact that the culture in hockey is absolutely broken. The people who are tearing into Tara Sloan for her comments on Sportsnet, talking about how hockey culture is broken, it's absolutely indefensible. It's okay to expect more 
and want more from the sport that you enjoy and seek as an escape from everything else and not just think everything is just okay because you think so. This sport is broken. Not mm-hmm. just We're not just talking the NHL here. This sport is broken. And it's just, I understand it, it, it because of the sport, it's brought us here for zone time and for so many other opportunities. I'm thankful for that. But it feels really weird just watching hockey games play now and just act like nothing is wrong. Like, yeah. And, and to your point, to your point, Julian, I think like the, it, it, it's to a point now where there is lost trust when it comes to, to the game. Right. And, you know, we, we always, a lot of people will say, especially when it comes to like these types of situations, they'll say like, Oh, well, you know what? I come for sports for an escape. I don't want to hear all this type of stuff. Okay, cool. That's great. However, those things that you do not want to talk about are existing and do take place. And when you want to get to a point, let's talk about business. You want to talk, let's talk about business because, you know, the NHL likes to talk about dollars and cents and a lot type of stuff. There are less people who are going to watch and partake in the sport if they know the sport is not safe. And again, I'm not talking about physically safe. I'm not talking about broken arms or, or you know, sprained knees. I'm talking about mentally and emotionally and culturally safe. The Kyle Beach story is one of thousands upon thousands of stories that we know and also don't know that show that the game of hockey is not safe. And it's, and that I think is a huge issue and that needs to be talked about. And it's, it's, it's efforts like this. It's investigative journal journalism, like what we saw from Rick Rushead and, and Katie Strang that allows us to see that the sport is broken, allows us to see that there are elements of it that need to be fixed. Because you can't fix a problem unless you acknowledge that it's there. And that's what the league has done for years. Anytime there's a problem, they sweep it under the rug. They settle it. They say, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll deal with this in-house. How many times have you heard of that? We're going to deal with this in-house or in the room, right? It's like all these things take place. And it's like it's not until we acknowledge these issues and actually actively do something about it and not only hit people with lawyer talk and, and I don't want to prejudge people or whatever the heck Bettman said um, in, his, in the decision to, to, let, to let Quinville uh, continue to play, play that game or coach that game. We need to go beyond that. We need to go beyond dollars and cents and, and policies and, 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 and mandates. We need to like legitimately give a crap about people. And I don't know why that's so hard. I really don't understand why it's so hard for, for anyone in this process to just look at the camera and say, I'm sorry, we, we were wrong. We messed up. Don't take an opportunity where you're supposed to apologize, supposed to make amends for what happened, and then talk about how good Stan Bowman was to you. Why the heck does that matter? And then walk it back after your freaking hat trick. Yes, I'm talking to you, Patrick Kane. Saying, oh, you know, well, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have taken that opportunity to talk about uh, Scotty, um, to talk about Stan Bowman. You think? You think? Like, that's not the focus here. So I just, I really think we just need to start legitimately caring about different people and caring about every, everyone, like the community. Hockey is a sport that really invokes community all the time. You look at these different it's areas around the Canada, around Canada of these different communities that, that connect and grow and, and form friendships because of hockey. And these stories come out like, I, Oh my God. Like I keep thinking back about what Wayne Sim, Wayne Simmons said when, um, oh, I, I gosh, I can't recall, call the event, but there was a moment he was asked 
Um, and, and you pretty much. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Said how it's stories like this that make him question as, as a parent whether to let his kid play hockey or not. And this isn't a, this isn't a, a parent who doesn't have the time for it or doesn't have the funds for it. It's just an actual choice. And I think that's pretty sad. But and the hockey was Sorry, go ahead, Sam. No, you go ahead, Avery. I was going to say, and oh my, Mitchell Wayne Simmons. That is an active NHL player. Like, I don't know if I let my kid play hockey. An active NHL player questioning the culture of letting his child play hockey. The NHL, the CHL, hockey around the world. Just look at that and say, that's concerning. That's an issue. I look at it and I just think to myself, if you want to get to be better, get these people out of here. Quit protecting them. I don't care if they're your buddy. I don't care if I give you a job in five to ten years. I do Thank not care. Mm-hmm. I don't. That has to happen. If they're good to you, great. They're good to you. But if they are a piece of garbage to the rest of the hockey world, then get them out of here. I don't want to see them here anymore. Preach. I think I think we're I think we're on the verge of that, and I, I think it's going to be a very painful process for a lot of people. Uh, but it's what's essentially going to have to happen. A lot of these people who are in these positions of power who are going to take advantage of their systems to have it only benefit them and not be helpful to other people, they're ultimately going to need to go. And I want this to segue into another topic, what, what I want to t- discuss on this episode today. It's it's through the work of people like Rick Westhead. I know I work for a company that employs Katie Strang and, and Mark Lazarus and Scott Powers, who have done incredible work on this story. Uh, ben Pope for the Chicago Sun-Times deserves a lot of praise for his work. WBEZ in Chicago, I believe, was the first outlet anywhere that reported on this. That's what prompted Rick Westhead to report on this. But Rick Westhead is doing some of the most important journalism on this story. He may be the most important journalist in this country at this moment in time. And the way that the National Hockey League handled him in their press conference with Gary Bettman was nothing short of shameful. Letting journalists go online and tweet about how it's weird that Rick Westhead had not been able to ask a question after how many minutes into the press conference. Having Pierre Lebron go on go on. Uh, go on air, well, not on air, but go into the Zoom and be like, hey, I hope my colleague Rick Westhead can ask a question. Like, it's nothing short of embarrassing. And even at that, he only got to ask like maybe like one or two questions. And then so many other people got to ask follow-up questions, other opportunities to ask questions. There are plenty of people 
in that Zoom. I would imagine if you're in a situation where if you do not have your laptop ready and you're on mute, of course, they're going to move on to the next person. There are people who got those second opportunities and Rick Westhead did not get that. Rick Westhead is doing incredible work on this story. He deserves the praise that he's been getting on this. He deserves a break as far as I'm concerned after all of this is done, whenever this is ever going to be done. But Rick Westhead, the way that he was treated by the National Hockey League uh, during the Gary Bettman press conference was shameful. It was disturbing. And it's a clear, it just... It just builds into the distrust that is building into hockey culture over the last few days as a result of this. And I understand there are so many other instances where the NHL deserves scorn and 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 criticism over this. And this is not the first time they deserve this. But this was, if you didn't know before, but looking looking at what happened to Requesta in that press conference, I think should open your eyes to how they view this sort of thing. I mean, that's not new, right? I, I talked no. to Rick. I talked to Rick a year and a half ago when he was working on the concussion story still. Uh, and this is even before he did the problem of pain last year. And he said at that time, he cannot get anyone in the league to call him back. He can't get a call back at any given point. He's not invited to most of these press conferences because he's not in the PHWA. He's not a beat reporter, but he cannot get them to call him back, even though he constantly tries to get a comment. And I think that the the brutal thing about it like to omar's point about everything being a business and like if you take this from a business perspective there was no part of that press conference and publicly freezing rick westhead out that way that even makes business sense like forget the human decency part of it okay i i don't expect the league to understand human decency at this point i don't have that expectation from a business analysis point of view that is easy pr like you have to be able to predict what people are going to say when you do things like that. And you have to know that people are going to say, this looks absurd. And like, you look ridiculous. You look petty. You look like you're avoiding the story and you're not willing to take responsibility. And that has been the weirdest thing about this. Everyone says, oh, well, Gary Bettman does such a great job. The league has grown so much. Has it though? It's grown in terms of its traditional target market. It's grown in terms of money. But this league has consistently done a terrible job of reaching out to people who are not traditional white Canadian American hockey fans who are cisgendered straight men. And to Omar's point about the sport not being safe, I don't I don't think that just means, you know, like putting your your child into hockey is not safe from physical harm, from fighting, from concussions, from systemic sexual abuse. It's not safe as a space for fans who are women, who mm. are people of color, who are transgendered, who are LGBTQ plus, like it is not a safe space for anyone who is in any kind of marginalized community. And despite all of the performative theme nights that they do, when it comes, when push comes to shove, they don't take it seriously. And so for me, I don't think you're growing the game. If you are going to marginalize every single person who's not in your traditional base, you aren't growing the game. You aren't reaching out to any new markets. You're ostracizing them and making them feel like this league is, does not care about them. And that's why, that's why it's hard to watch hockey now. Like, I don't care how the Canucks are doing because when I watch this, I'm like, well, who cares? Like, why does this matter? Yeah, honestly. And then even if you, it's so ironic how the Rick Westhead situation went because the person who was the most vocal about an issue that the league didn't want to be put on blast was froze out. The league's pretty famous for the, when it comes to that, 
if you do, if you go, you know, beyond the status quo, if you're not, if you're actively doing things to bring light to specific things, if you're speaking out, how many times have we looked at players and called the players with big personalities, distractions, and they get traded They're they're, they're, they're toxic in the, in the locker room, all this type of stuff. We literally just saw the same thing. So again, the whole like, well, this isn't hockey culture. No, it is. It is. I want to, I want to bring up another point here and, and keep on the media thing for a second here. There's something that's been on my mind all day, really. Um, I was listening to 32 thoughts, uh, the podcast with Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick, and we can agree to disagree on this if we want, but I want to make this point in this podcast episode that released on Tuesday, uh, Elliot Freeman discussed the Gary Bettman press conference. And he acknowledged the fact that people had messaged him and asked him, Hey, well, why didn't you ask a question in the press conference? And he said that he didn't want to come across as disingenuous or someone just cherry picking the story, someone just coming in at a random point in the story. And I, I think some people see that and they will make that point and I can understand where they're coming from. I see it from the other side, a, a person of his influence, of his stature, he should be in that press conference and he should be able to ask a question. You guys can all correct me if I'm wrong, because I think all of us have heard in some way or have seen enough quotes, but I know I listened to the entire press conference myself. I can only think of one person from Sportsnet who asked a question. And we've been critical on Sportsnet before and the way they've handled this before uh, with regards to the interview on Hockey Night in Canada with Gary Bettman and Ron McLean months past. I think if you are a person of notable influence as an insider, I know Pierre Lebrun got to ask questions and write story after, stories after the fact. I understand that they could have done more when it came time for Kyle Beach, but I think now that everyone is in it, they should be able to do something. They should be able to use their platforms to say something, bring attention to this issue, and in a position where they are able to ask a question to someone who knows a thing or two about what's going on, they should be able to hold those people accountable. I understand that some people might see it as them cherry picking, but I think Elliot Friedman and this, and what he was trying to say, I don't necessarily agree with the way that he was looking at it. I think if he had gone into that press conference and said something and asked a genuine question to Gary Bettman, I would not have seen a problem with that at all. And I think other media types as well should be able to take opportunity of that. People like Michael Stevens out at the Hockey News, who you know we know from the Staff and Graph podcast, uh, you may have just known him as a guy who just yells about the Leafs and has just been suffering as a result of the postseason run. I didn't mean to use that as a dig just to personify him, but he's someone who, in light of what's been going on, has been tweeting about press conferences, has asked questions to Gary Bettman, has asked questions to the Winnipeg Jets organization. He has used his situation in his platform. He might not necessarily be a household name in hockey media, but he's somebody who is able to ask questions and he's been pretty brave being able to do that. So if someone like Michael Stevens, who is our age and is able to do that, what about Elliot Freeman? What about all the other insiders who have those positions of influence as well and maybe want to step back because they don't necessarily want to look like they're cherry picking on the story. Like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. And I know I haven't necessarily written anything on the story, but I use platforms like this to call attention to what's going on and, and have these discussions for sure. Like you're not, you don't have to look at me and think I'm not doing anything. And, and I can say that for everyone else on this podcast as well. So when I hear someone like Elliot Friedman, who I have nothing but respect for say that they don't want to necessarily ask a question. I, I, I don't know. I give my head a shake about that. I think he, he's, he's, he's one of the people who should be able to ask questions in those moments. 
a story like this takes all of us talking about it, creating content on it. Doesn't yeah. matter if doesn't matter if you're Elliot or my boy Mike Stevens from Yahoo or from um SI. Doesn't matter. Everybody needs to talk about it. From a blogger, a podcaster, Sportsnet, TSN, NBC, TNT, ESPN. Everybody. So all talk about it. That's where real change comes. Change doesn't come when we decide, you know what? I'll just let Jim or Bob talk about that. That's not for me to really touch right now. Then trade picking. Real change comes when we all discuss it and we don't let up. When we all put their feet to the fire, that's a real change can happen in the hockey world. I agree with that. And I don't disagree with you at all, Julian. And, and actually, I'm probably going to take it a little further than you did. Sure. I think that's a cop-out. I think his, I, I get the logic in his reasoning, but if you dig a little deeper into that, he's, what he's essentially saying is, well, people are going to say, I'm cherry picking. I don't want to deal with that. So I'm not going to ask the question. That's a cop-out. You had a platform. You have had one of the biggest platforms for decades. You are an insider. You're able to break news about like the most ridiculous things possible inside locker rooms, but somehow you missed the biggest cover-up story in the last 10 years. You're telling me every insider out there is able to break trades. They, they can tell you that Tyler Sagan had someone posted outside his hotel room during playoffs because he was partying too much. You can get those details, but you didn't know about this. That's, you know, maybe. Is it reasonable to think that? I don't really think so. I don't think that's a very reasonable thing to ask people to believe at all. But at the end of the day, you didn't report on it. You are now trying to do it. And because you don't want people to say, well, why didn't you cover it before and put those hard questions to you? You're just going to say, I'm not going to put my hand up now. I, I think that's a total cop out. Like, I just think that's a cowardly thing to do. I, uh, I think look, we just need, and, to, we just need and, to get to a point where this again, like if, if you can't fix a problem until you acknowledge it exists. And I think when it comes to this and something that I've, that it's been great to see for me personally is just how many people, whether again, they're, they're bloggers that just have random Twitter accounts have been so vocal on Twitter about it. And I think it's, I think it's part of that or part of the reason as to why, the story is as, as big as it needs to be. And I hope, I just hope it just doesn't end because this can be the beginning of maybe future things, future things that take place, having the same type of fire, the same type of energy. And, you know, ideally you like to think this will never happen again, but again, when it comes to the NHL, like I wouldn't be surprised if there are hundreds of, of cover-up stories, but I think the important thing is that once they're out there that we do any, everything that we can to make sure it doesn't go away. Because, you know, the people in the, in the high ups will try to, you know, get rid of it just because it's, you know, takes away from the product or whatever. But I think making sure that we continue talking about these things is important. So that's why I'm thankful for platforms like this. So in time with you all here, um, with yeah. any, with, with, you know, people like, again, like uh, Rick Russet and Katie Strain, who have been doing so much um, and have been using their platform uh, to spread the message, which is great. Yeah, I, I think, oh, go ahead, Sam. Sorry, I was going to say, on a similar note, um, I know it was great that a lot of media members were calling the NHL out for not calling on Rick Westhead and the PHWA oh, yeah. put out that statement today. And I, I think that's good. I think, you know, there's some like bare minimum credit to be given there. But a lot of the guys doing that, like you could have been asking the questions all along. Yeah. I thought the statement today was disingenuous. Um, yeah. he, they were basically patting themselves on the back for having Pierre stand up 
to the NHL and say, hey, you should ask Rick a question. Um, six months ago, when this story first broke, I put together a list of every single member of the national chapter of the PHWA, 10 people, 10 people out of 32 at any point tweeted or retweeted a story about the Blackhawks. And of those, I think the substantive comments were all from, from Katie Strang, Marissa and Jemmy, Greg Wyshynski, and like a handful of others and everyone else just retweeted other stories. And sorry, Scott Powers, Scott Powers also is also a national beat writer, but every single other person on that list did not touch this. And so to me, you don't get to now just pat yourself on the back for being like, oh, well, you should call on Rick. I think that what I'm hopeful to see here is I know they're taking a lot of heat. I think they're rightfully taking a lot of heat for not covering this story. But yep. until we see how they cover the Penguin story, I don't I don't really care what the PHWA has to say about this. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this as, as a media member, like media deserves to be criticized for how they've gone about covering the Chicago Blackhawks story uh, and other stories in the past as well. And I wonder if that's going to change a lot of hockey fans' mindsets on how we view insiders going forward, on how we view people like Rick Westhead going forward, even people like me or Avery or Mike Stevens or anyone else going forward. If we are in a position where we could talk about a story like what's going on in Chicago, you know, if, and we're not doing that job, it's, it looks terrible on us. And I can't imagine what the industry itself is thinking. And I wonder if the change that we're calling for in the National Hockey League, if there's going to be some other type of media change to come later too, you know, I, there's a lot of questions uh, that, you know, are still out there. We're still trying to wrestle with. This is a story that we're not going to shy away from. This is something that we said in the summer before we broke off for a break and we spoke about uh, when the allegations were out there. Uh, we've dealt that the same, we set the same line when it came to the Logan Mayu stuff as well. This is a show that's not going to shy away from that sort of stuff. And hey, look, maybe in the next week we'll discuss Donald Fear. I thought we would have been able to discuss him a little bit more today and, and have some news on whether or not he'll still be the head of the NHLPA. But as of right now, we do not know if he will still have his job or the players are still meeting, as far as I understand. Uh, but this is a story that we're going to continue to talk about. Zone Time is a show where we do like a lot of funny stuff, but now's not really the time to be funny. Now's not really the time to just act like everything is okay because everything is not okay when it comes to the National Hockey League. And while I am thankful for the opportunities that the sport of hockey has given me, uh, I look at the NHL with a lot of shame and a lot of questions about my place. And I think other people in this call feel the same way as well. And I... I know earlier I, I mentioned the fact that I have the platform I have to speak out on some of these stories, but, you know, I didn't need to make it about myself and I'm sorry about that, but I will say that I, I want to be in a position to make change as a reporter with the platforms that I have. And I want to be able to do that. And I think everyone else on this call feels the same. And I think a lot of other people, whether that's just fans or media or anyone else want to do the same. And I think as a silver lining to everything going on, there are people who do care about what's going on and there are people who want to see the game be better. That's what gives me hope going forward with everything that's gone on in the last few weeks.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.